You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Well, then who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits Podcast. I am Zach. Your favorite host. <laughs> Throwing shade. And we have Frank, you know, the, the other one. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, ladies and gentlemen. So we talked before this. We're going to be doing something We're, we're divorcing. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be doing any more of these. <laughs> no, we're going to be doing something a little bit differently. Kind of like what we did with the Joker, where it's just going to be like a little bit smaller. We're not going to go scene by scene. Because just like you said, Frank, it's going to be a little bit more digestible. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to make it seem where you guys are basically re-watching the movie through us. Yeah, exactly. And we kind of, I was kind of thinking about it. And like the whole purpose of why we started this was to talk about film and to talk about, you know, like why we love a movie and, you know, like the pros of the movie and like some cool facts and whatever, like things that maybe you didn't know. Uh, so we kind of, I kind of just felt like it would probably just make more sense for us to recommend a film and then... And just talk about it like it's still gonna we're still gonna like talk about key details and stuff so i would definitely recommend you know beforehand if, if you don't want any spoilers or anything like we're still going to be talking about the movie in full so i would highly recommend that if you don't want spoilers then you should probably watch the movie first and then listen to this but this is definitely going to be more of a film recommendation opposed to going through it scene by scene just because i was thinking about it and i was just like this isn't really what we started this for and this isn't really, uh, again, it's kind of just like you're listening to us and then you're basically just watching the entire film through audio. And as Zach said, you're listening through it by just two idiots. So yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't really make much sense. So starting from now going forward, uh, we're going to continue every, we're still going to do every week or possibly, you know, two every two episodes a week or so. But um, they're going to be a little bit shorter. Hopefully they're going to be in like the 45 minutes to an hour range. And uh, again, not scene by scene, but just like, the entire like we're going to talk about the film and why we loved it and messages and metaphors and stuff like that but again just not going through every single detail and hopefully through this i can buy a race car bed like i've always wanted yes i'm getting tired of sleeping. <laughs> i'm tired of sleeping in a normal bed <laughs> yeah i'm tired of sleeping next to you in a queen you know i saw one too like on the way here like somebody a race car I... bed on the highway somebody <laughs> driving another <laughs> he was going zero miles an hour <laughs> Blocked up traffic for an hour. <laughs> no, like uh, while I was on my way here, somebody that I live like somewhat close by to had one out for sale, mm. but he put $120 out for it. Uh, I feel like that's a little used, too much. It's used. And it's a race car bed. It's not a real like. Well, I mean, it's a Maserati. So like. Ooh, it is. Ex- you're right. You're right. You're right. It's a Tesla. <laughs> so it, it deserves to be expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, let, let's get a little into it. Yeah. So today, to much of everyone's surprise, I picked Taxi Driver uh-huh. by Martin Scorsese. Yes. 1976. Yeah. I had not watched the movie all the way through. I feel like you didn't watch it at all. I feel like you never watched it. I feel like you're lying. <laughs> I didn't actually watch this. This is really why we're doing the new format. <laughs> No, like I, I, I didn't. I've never watched it beforehand. I've only mainly seen like the "Are you talking to me?" part. Oh, so then yeah, you've never seen it, and well, at all. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I still liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's fine. You just, you know, just be honest. Just say that you never watched. it. Well, fine. I didn't watch it, Frank. Is that what? Is that what you want me to do? You want me to come bear? 
<laughs> you want me to part my heart and soul out of these people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, um, why did you why did you choose it? I'm wondering. Like, did you choose it because I mentioned it when we talked about the Joker, and I mentioned how it has like similarities? Because you were like, I can kind of see that, but now that I feel like you fully watched it, you can really see the similarities. You know what? Not so much Joker, but like I got a very Punisher vibe from this guy, Robert well, De Niro. Well, yeah, in, I mean, in... maybe him as a character, but I mean, like as a film, I feel like for sure Joker. Well, and... yeah, because it's just a two-hour movie of him slowly going insane yeah which is exactly what the joker was right i mean for sure top phillips definitely took inspiration from it yeah i mean that's why too like i more so i've known about this movie for like the longest time i know that it's a cult classic and also Mm -hmm. a box office hit Mm -hmm. so i mean that's more or less too like why i also was really hoping to start this podcast was to start watching movies that I never would have seen like on my own, or at least so like movies that I wouldn't see for a long period of time yeah. because I would have never really gotten around to it. Yeah, this movie actually almost never got made because Scorsese could not get money. Like nobody wanted to like produce it. Really? And he was actually highly, highly considering just making it like a straight to T like DVD. Oh, uh, that would yeah. have been awful. I mean, well, it would have been the same film. Probably, oh, then that would have been good. But it would have just been like straight to DVD, and he would have, you know, and it never would have actually got like a theatrical release mm. um, because nobody wanted to back it. It and probably wouldn't have gotten you, like did, any did, amount of viewers as it actually did. Then maybe. Well, the thing was, so like at the time, De Niro wasn't really De Niro quite yet. He mm-hmm. wasn't like you know big famous yeah, Robert. He wasn't De Niro. a household name. Not not quite yet. So at, during this time, while while they were filming the movie, he just finished The Godfather. So The Godfather hadn't even been released yet. Mm-hmm. And then The Godfather got released, and then it's like, oh my God, Robert De Niro. Only you know he's like the you know the the new the new mm-hmm. guy. The new the, guy on the block. He basically, he basically was. And um, then Scorsese got real nervous because he was like, oh my God, like he's gonna ask for a lot. More money. I think he. I think. I think he settled for like thirty grand for the film, and then like you know. That's d- a lot in the seventies. No, it wasn't. That's <laughs> well, a lot now. It's a lot now, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, just saying, like for you know, for somebody of like De Niro's caliber, like mm-hmm. you know, he definitely w- could have got paid a lot more if he demanded more money from him. He's the new Leonardo DiCaprio, just twelve years in the future. What? <laughs> do the math. It the, makes sense. The math doesn't make sense. Well, don't do the math then. <laughs> um, so yeah. So basically, yeah. It never. And it almost actually. This movie had a lot of problems. I don't know. Did you? Uh, do you know? Do you know about the X rating? This is actually a really great story. Do you know no, about the X rating? You know what? I'm gonna assume just because of like the porno theater because they no. didn't show a lot okay, of it. So, so let me let me okay, uh, okay, let me go on. let me give you and the viewers a story here, listeners. Because yeah, the listeners, well, possibly viewers. This might go to YouTube at some point. That'd be cool. Um, so basically, Scorsese makes Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. right? He gets he cuts the whole thing together and he says, "This is my masterpiece film." And this is going to be the greatest film that I ever make, right? He cuts it all together. He gets it just as, as how he wants it. And then he gives it to the studio. And he says, this is it. So the, basically, once it goes to the studio, they then have to watch it and then give it a rating. Mm-hmm. And one of the fucking studio suits there, basically, whoever he gave it to was basically just like, hey, uh, no, you can't, <laughs> you can't make this. Uh, so he, they basically gave it an X rating. Oh. Now, an X rating basically means that it cannot be released. Yeah. So then Scorsese basically he's he's like talking to the guy and the guy's like listen uh i don't really care basically but 
you just you know you have to get you have to get an R rating for this to get released. I don't care how you do it. I don't care what you do, but just get that extra off of it, and then you'll be good. So Scorsese goes home, and he basically is like freaking out. I think you did. Tell I think me I told this. you this, but I still yeah, want to continue. Like, he's got whoa, the, whoa, 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 okay, whoa, okay, whoa, okay, whoa, okay. Whoa. Yeah, he's in his house. <laughs> yeah. So now he's like he's freaking out, right? And he basically makes the decision. So, all right, before I, before I go any further, <laughs> okay. I should preference that apparently this, isn't, this story hasn't really been confirmed by Scorsese himself. So it's neither confirmed nor... Denied, but it's like, there, this is like definitely like a story that's been going around Hollywood and a lot of people like know about this. So it seems like it definitely did happen. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he gets, he basically goes home after this guy t- tells him that he needs to cut his movie up and he basically decides that he's going to kill this guy. And he gets, he has a, he has a revolver he has a gun and he basically is like I'm gonna go there and I'm just gonna shoot him I'm gonna kill him wasn't he like drinking a lot or so, like cocked up on so coke? then like he basically calls like a whole bunch of his like friends over and they're like other directors there and they're basically trying to like talk him out of it and he is like not really having any of it and he's like i'm gonna fucking kill him so yeah then he starts he starts like drinking and he's and he's kind of like pacing it and, and and then like i guess they said that like it basically got to a point where it got like really really serious where where he was basically just like I'm really going to go murder this guy. <laughs> That's really fucked. And I guess through all of it, he was like thinking so hard. He was like, what can I do to make this movie not get an X rating, but I don't have to cut any of it. And, and then on top of that, I don't have to murder this man. <laughs> and he basically... But that would work though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and basically what he decided to do was at the very, very final well, I guess it's not technically the final scene, but mm-hmm. the end shootout. Mm-hmm. Basically, what he does is he takes the um, the saturation down from the blood. So, okay. so like he takes like the that really like thick red, and it mm-hmm. kind of he turns down the saturation, and then it kind of turns more to like a burgundy. Yeah, like a brownish. Yeah, red. it's not like super. You know, it's not like super red. Mm-hmm. And and then he he so that's what he does, and then he shows it to the guy, and then he said okay, and they, and he got the R rating. So the only thing that he did was like change the saturation. So that's how we got to see Mars Scorsese's driver. taxi driver completely untouched and like exactly what he wanted. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really great. So, did you notice how many times they had Coke products in the movie? Yeah. Like six or seven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, again, Product no, nobody wanted to, again, nobody wanted oh, so to. so Coke funded it. Well, I mean, uh, that definitely helped for sure. <laughs> that definitely helped for sure. Did you see, did you see the two uh, Scorsese cameos? No. Oh, Wait, okay. yes, yes. Did Wait, you? No. Do you know, did you know what Scorsese even looks like? Yes. <laughs> I looked you, up the Google picture you know, right before this. <laughs> do you know what young Martin Scorsese look like? Yes. <laughs> okay. So what, what are the what are the two cameos? I don't he, have to answer this question <laughs> in front of you. <laughs> All right. So Scorsese has two cameos. One is like a legit cameo, and one is like a just like a little like oh if you see him you see him. So mm-hmm. basically, when De Niro if when sees uh, what's her name Iris Iris when he sees Iris for the first time and he's talking about her in her journal he uh, wait Iris she, or Betsy Betsy okay. yes Betsy yeah, yeah the when first love yeah, interest. Yeah. Betsy. So when Betsy walks, like they have like Betsy like walking in the street in like slow motion. She's like going into her job. Uh, Scorsese's just like sitting on like the sidewalk and he just kind of like looks at her and you can just kind of see him like staring at her. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is uh, when oh, he, yeah, when yeah. he picks him up in the cab and then he tells him to like pull over the car and he's like saying, "Hey, like you see up in that window? That's my wife up there. She's fucking some guy." And then and De Niro's just like, "All right." Uh, <laughs> he's like, "What do you, I? What do you want me to do about it?" Yeah, which he kind of looked like very uncomfortable during yeah, that scene yeah. of like 
uh should should i wait or like should i call the cops or should i just kick you out yeah so that was uh that was scorsese in the back seat so those were the two cameos at least that i see yeah and then somebody almost got killed from this movie yes or did get killed no ronald reagan almost got assassinated yes yeah yeah all because of jodie foster all because of jodie foster 12 years old yeah yeah you know what for the for a while like in the movie i thought that the woman playing betsy was jodie foster but it's actually sybil shepherd <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no jodie foster is like the prostitute yeah so man i have so many facts about this movie i didn't even realize did it. you realize that harvey cattell is in this yeah, too? yeah of course my god that man looks jacked before like he was in pulp fiction and <laughs> yeah. reservoir dogs well, yeah, it was much younger well, yeah but that freaked me out because like when i saw him as the pimp matthew full head sport, of hair yeah long black hair yeah and he's it's jacked great. as fuck yeah. and like he's the pimp and he's just kind of like i thought that was a really funny scene too where he's like are you a cop it was like no i'm not a cop it's like all right see you around copper <laughs> yeah so apparently, because uh, like, did you know that this movie was actually adapted? This is actually a novel first. No, I didn't. Yeah, okay. So it was actually a novel first, and Scorsese then adapted it. And basically, uh, this the the guy who actually wrote it, like Iris. This was all based off of, like a real like story, mm-hmm. and he found um, Iris, and she. So in in the movie, so the real life Iris is mm-hmm. actually in the movie. The real prostitute that he was writing about is actually in the movie, and it's um, Jodie Foster's friend. That's okay. like the actual real girl that he was like writing about, and then Jodie Foster is playing her. Wow, that's yeah, it's pretty. That's cool. That's got to be a little weird. Though, it's a little right? weird, but it's cool, right? Yeah, because you're seeing like a movie of a really dark time in your life unfold yeah. as you're standing right next to it. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, before before we go like a little bit crazier, and I just want to give like the rundown of like who's in the movie since kind of seems like we skipped over that just a tad bit so you have obviously robert de niro is your main character who plays travis bickle Mm -hmm. they never say his last name and god thank them for not doing that (laughs) what a weird last name (laughs) obviously jodie foster is playing iris who is the 12 year old prostitute that robert de niro saves in the movie and yeah again harvey cattell weird fucking weird i don't know why you find that so weird i don't like it freaked me out because yeah. then besides that obviously sybil shepherd is the other main character who plays mm-hmm. betsy yeah and peter boyle yeah that freaked me out man yeah fucking everybody loves raymond's dad, dad. <laughs> yeah young I love peter that boyle. man yeah young he was in it he looks the same he looks literally the same just, just dark gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so that's crazy yeah it was cool right I remember the first time I watched Taxi Driver because I, when I was, you know, I wasn't, I don't really know what the appropriate age is when you should probably see Taxi Driver. (laughs) 18. (laughs) Um, But I remember, like, I definitely watched Everybody Loves Raymond before and then I was like, oh my God, that's fucking, that's, that's the dad. And uh, and I was like, what? This is insane. But yeah, he literally looks exactly (laughs) the same. What is he doing in this? (laughs) But I mean, the music for this movie though is really, really cool. Super like like, smooth jazz. Yeah, exactly. That's that's your shit. You love that. You hate smooth jazz. I don't like smooth jazz, but it's great in this movie. Yeah, but... What I really like, too, like, it's the same exact melody of the smooth jazz throughout Mm -hmm. the entire movie. And it's for these really nice long shots of, like, him driving through the city city, in the taxi. Yeah, I mean, this movie's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's really pretty. It's the only other movie, too, because I brought it up in It Follows, where it did, like, that 360 camera. Yeah, yeah, There was actually that in this movie, Mm -hmm. too, when it's kind of, like, doing a 360 of his taxi company. Yeah, yeah. I love, too, like, in the very last scene of, like, the fight. Did you pick it up, too, that it's the jazz melody, mm-hmm. but it's a lot heavier yeah. with a lot more drums yeah, right? because it's just such a more serious tone? Yeah. 
It's cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, this movie is beautiful. I mean, this movie is really, really beautiful. I mean, the night, the city, like the lights and oh, all the gorgeous. neon and all that. Oh, I love it. I love it. But this movie, you know, again, is, you know, we're saying all these like great things, but at the end of the day, like, like this similar to Joker, I mean, this film is basically about mental illness. Mm-hmm. Another one about mental illness and about loneliness, because it's really interesting to see a man who is in New York City and, he, you know, there's millions of people in the city, mm-hmm. yet he feels so alone. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see somebody who just can't relate to anybody and he's and he is trying. But again, yeah. similar to Joker, right? Mm-hmm. Again, this is why I think that Todd Phillips for sure took so much inspiration is because he he's self-aware. He knows that he's mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. He says he says it. Actually, I think it's to Peter Boyle where he says, I have a lot of bad thoughts in my head. Yeah. Like I have all of these things in my head. And he takes it a different way, Peter Boyle. He's just like, well, you know what, man? Like you got to get out there. Like go get some pussy. Yeah, or, like yeah. you're, you're young. Exactly. You don't have to be driving a taxi. Yeah. Yeah, and he even tells him he's just like that's like the worst advice I've ever heard. And, and, <laughs> yeah, because it brings and, a and then, smile. And then to his Peter's face. just like, "Well, what do you expect? I'm a fucking taxi driver." <laughs> so interesting, right? Um, yeah, I think too. Like it has to play with. I mean, they don't outright say it, but like. You have to assume he has like some form of PTSD. From- oh no, he does. For sure. So he's a, he's a veteran. He, yeah. he he was in the Vietnam War, right? And mm-hmm. he got uh he got he he, he then Honorable comes discharge. home. That's what he says. Yeah, I mean, uh, for all we know, uh, probably. That's why it's like he's the Punisher because that's what the Punisher did. Yeah, I don't I don't really know much about the Punisher. Punisher was in Vietnam War. Was he? Yeah, and he, and he has he, PTSD, right? He does. That's his, like his whole character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that and like his family dying, but like you know, Travis didn't really have that in this movie. No. And then basically, yeah, you have like you have a character who's just really suffering from PTSD, mm-hmm. and you have a character who wants to be remembered, and then that's where we come to a problem with Travis because. He wants to be remembered, and not only does he want to be remembered, but he wants to be remembered as a hero. Yeah. He wants to be remembered by people as, you know, as like a great person, but he's not. No, he is. He's not a great person, and he doesn't, I, I, I don't want to say that, that he's stupid. I don't want to say that he's like a stupid person, mm-hmm. but I think that in the movie, he thinks that he's way more intelligent than he actually is. Yeah, I mean, even so, too, like, when he goes to, like, the porno theater in the beginning, and he's just trying to, like, talk to the girl, he's coming off way more creepy and, like, unstable than I think he thinks he is. Right. Because it's just like, hey, what's your name? Yeah. And she's just not paying him any mind. He's like, you know, my name is Travis. Like, what's your name? Yeah. And he gets a little bit more aggressive almost. He's like, so are you going to tell me your name or what? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm just standing here. (laughs) And then, basically, I mean, like, key points for me is especially, like, when he goes to see Betsy, Mm -hmm. and he immediately like takes her on the date and he's just like I don't like that guy that you're with he's you know he's a fool he's an idiot I think he's like stupid whatever he says about him and he's just like talking about how how he doesn't like him and he and he, and you know he's like you know and then he basically says that like you know but me like I'm great basically but it's like Travis are you are you really that great like yeah. you really like like really like sit back and like look at yourself because you, you, what have you done? You know what I mean that like makes you so much better than anybody else. I mean he fought in the war. He did fight in war. But other than that, <laughs> not I many mean, men do that. He almost killed a presidential candidate. He did. Yeah. How did you feel about that? You know what, man? Honestly, like like I said, like I'd never watched this movie all the way through before. So seeing him kind of turn from like where he kind of has like this love interest with Betsy and then very hilariously like 
because they go out on a couple of dates and like it really seems that they're into each other and then he takes her to the movies and it's a porno movie mm-hmm. and she like freaks out and like leaves and yeah like, and the whole thing of betsy being that she works for the campaign of paulentine mm-hmm. the man who's running for president and travis just kind of like starts building where he's like yeah no i support palantine like yeah like i'm cool with him Mm -hmm. and then once they break up he starts to get the idea of just wanting to kill well so it's interesting right because you got to think about it like this like he basically in my opinion the character so i've seen this movie a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and done a lot of research and whatnot so I mean, I might have a little bit more like knowledge. Uh, than I, me? I don't know. I don't know why I because saying. I only watched it once <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Um, but basically, I think that Travis's character—he basically kind of is like a follower. You know what I yeah. mean? So like, he has this attitude of being a leader, where he's like, he thinks that you know he's in control. But in the beginning, I mean, he straight up says like, "Hey, I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about the presidential candidate. I don't know like what he stands for." When he's like talking to her, she's like, "What are your, what you know, what do you think about his stances on this? What about this?" And he's like, yeah. "Oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not really into all that. I'm not into politics." Which is just and really then just to try and get he starts her he starts dating her. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's got all these like stickers and posters in his apartment. Yeah. And you see it build as the movie progresses, exactly, too. Right? And it's really interesting because you're just like, but you, you're you just, you know, you don't actually care about this, you know? And then and then when, when Palatine gets into the taxi, yeah. oh my God, he's so gung-ho about it. Oh my God, sir, you're going to be great. But how, you know, but you got to be, how how intense and weird was that when he tells him like, you know, what, what it's like. What one, bothers you about yeah, this Yeah, what city? bothers you? Like, what's like the, like the number one thing? And then he just starts going on a rant about mm-hmm. the scum and how... And how dirty and filthy it is, and someone needs to go in there and just clean it up and just get all the the scum out of there. And yeah, like he's well, so aggressive about it. Yeah, because he talks about like how he drives through the city each and every night, and yeah. it's just like horrible, horrible people yeah. that like are shooting each other and killing each other. And like there's so much prostitution in this movie too. Yeah, and he he almost becomes kind of like this um, dark Avenger almost in the movie. In a way, yeah, and it's you know what's great about this, like it, it's it, this movie basically was like timed perfectly, like mm-hmm. literally perfectly, because Scorsese is trying to portray a filthy, dirty city at mm-hmm. least through his mind, at least through Travis's mind, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's all Travis sees. He doesn't see any brightness about it, right? Yeah, he sees Everything the is all just the worst. So. Perfect timing in real life, New York City, the fucking, the, the, what do you call it? The, um, the, the garbage men, the actual garbage men union all went on a strike mm. because they wanted higher wages. Mm-hmm. So they stopped picking up the garbage. So trash was literally building up in the streets while they were filming it. And it's just like, how perfect, you yeah. know what I mean? Like how perfect is that for, for them to be making a movie about, you know, Travis and all he sees is the scum of the city and he, how, how dirty and filthy it is. And then ironically in perfect timing, the, the those guys go on a strike and then the, then the streets are literally filling with trash mm-hmm. and there's giant trash bags all over the place. And then it's just like, it's just like perfect. It's like, Oh God, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting so excited. <laughs> it was a really cool idea and it probably spoke to them too. Like at the time as well, like once the movie finally came out yeah, and then they also tried to kill the governor at that point <laughs> as in the movie. Yeah, but it was weird though. Like he he got like a lot of haircuts in the movie. If you notice, yeah, like he has so, like short haircut, then long haircut. Yeah, so like, that's throughout some shots. Yeah, because he was making another movie, so yes. it kind of like, but it kind of worked in a weird way 
because there's there's one scene where it's out of sequence where it's like he has like a shorter mm-hmm. haircut and then all of a sudden he has long hair again and then he has short hair again for the rest of the movie yeah until the end and it kind of maybe like i mean again it's because he was filming another movie and like that was that was what happened but it also you know it's just it, it kind of works with him because it, it, he's insane right he's like he's un, he's unstable <laughs> he's unhinged right? and then it kind of like begs it kind of like plays into the character of like what's real what's not real mm-hmm. what is he imagining what's fake because I don't know if you know, but apparently I don't I don't know how much I bit into it. I think I I think I kind of bit into it a little bit more than I thought I would. Um, the more I think about it, but apparently most people in the film industry, like the critics and all that, kind of widely accept the fact that the last, the actual end scene where he's like a hero and it's got all the newspaper clippings and the letter from the dad and the he mom. He wasn't actually parents, alive. It was it? all like kind of like yeah, like his last thoughts and like you know, kind of like what his actions on going into that building and shooting everybody and then he get and then he gets shot and he's laying in the bed mm-hmm. that is all like that's real life and then all everything is kind of like okay this is what he wanted to happen because of what he did and like that's what kind of like what he was hoping to get yeah i mean i i kind of believe that too because like for the later half of the movie, when Betsy and him do not work out, he kind of ends up going on this crusade to try and help out Iris, who yeah. he's seen like a couple of times, who is the 12-year-old prostitute, right? and trying to get her out. And more or less like the end of the movie is her going up and shooting Matthew, who sport, I guess. Yeah, sport. Uh, Harvey Cattell, and then going into the apartment complex that they have like where they have sex mm-hmm. and just kind of doing like a... a killing spree of the people that come through yeah and that man should have died by the next shot yeah right exactly so that's kind of like what you're thinking right because at the end of the movie when he's talking to the what to his like his buddies and he's like oh wait i gotta he's fine he's fine he's got no scars he's fine whatever so it kind of begs the question of like is this even real there's also like I don't know, like the whole, like when Betsy's in the car, and then you know he looks up and like sees only, her. Yeah, do you like, do you notice that like they only make eye contact through the uh, through the rear of yeah. the mirror? It's an, like you know what I mean. Yeah, he never turns around. He never turns around and actually like looks at her. The only time that they physically look at each other is when she gets out of the car, and then he just kind of like drives off because she's like, "How much do I owe you?" And he just kind of like leaves. Well, and he doesn't it. even really look at her then. No, either. He no, he he kind of like looks down for a second and then looks at the wheel and is like, "See you around." Yeah, and then just leaves. Yeah. So I mean, honestly. For me, I I think it would have been just as impactful if the movie ended where he got completely shot up and then sat in the chair. And then put the finger gun. Yeah, put the finger gun to the head as the cops come in. Because just the fact of, like, to the next scene of him writing out the letter. Well, no, the... The uh, Iris's Iris's father, who sounds like a fucking robot throughout the entire movie, is just like... Yeah, thank you. Like, she's doing much better now. She's adjusted and, like, she's completely fine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is a 12-year-old girl who is a prostitute who got hooked on drugs. In the span of, like, a month, she's back to, like, being in a normal environment and living a normal life again. Like, it, there's there's something that right. doesn't really connect there. Right. So, again, I think I think it, I think it kind of 
basically you can I don't find it too hard to believe that it was that it's all a dream sequence and that it's all kind of like you know his final thoughts as to like what his his vengeance of her and all that mm-hmm. that's like what he wishes to truly happen and like that's what he wants to be remembered as because again he wants to be this hero yeah you know and then in his dream sequence he's like playing it off like oh you know it was no big deal you know the, yeah. the news stories they blow it up a little bit it's not, it's not crazy but in reality I really truly believe that if it was reality mm-hmm. he would be fucking riding that horse still you know yeah. you know what I mean it would it wouldn't he wouldn't be playing it off no and that's why too like I think like his original idea when he wants to kill Palantine is him trying to be remembered and he thinks in the moment this is the way to be remembered but yeah. it's not gonna make him a hero right and you or know or maybe so in his mind it will because I don't know some fucked up thing of like Betsy dumping him but she was a supporter for him so like yeah. I don't know I mean again mental illness is the name of the game for the movie mm-hmm. and for all we know that was like his idea and his mindset for yeah, the entire you, thing you never know and, and like another interesting thing is look Travis is extremely flawed right like in every way and he's like a huge kind of like what I mentioned about like her when he, with the whole poli- like the political thing where he's not into politics and then he starts like dating her and then he's super into politics mm-hmm. because she mentions at the diner scene she talks about how she he, she's like oh you remind me of a song like a singer songwriter what I don't remember who she like remi- I wrote uh, it what, down, what he says like- Keep going. I'll, okay, I'll yeah. find so it. She basically, she basically says that you remind me of this guy. And then he's like, why? And then she's like, you know, like you're all like, a, you're basically like, you're just a walking contradiction because, you know, he, he starts dating her when, and he's not into politics and all of a sudden now he is into politics. And then uh, like a, a prime example is when he's talking about uh, like getting fit. And he's like saying like, oh, you know, from here on out, it's only going to be, you know, like healthy, healthy food. And no more bullshit. Out of nowhere. Well, no, he's been jacked. Oh. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's basically talking about how he's like, you know, like I'm going to do 50 pushups every day. I'm not going to eat any garbage anymore. It's only going to be clean eating. And he's just going to like keep and basically. But then like literally like the next scene, he's just, you know. Eating, eating garbage. Crap. He's like, yeah, what the fuck cre- was he eating? Eating crap. It, it was like syrup and cereal and bananas in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't, he poured some sugar in there. Yeah, exactly, right? So, like, you're not eating healthy. You're not. He's not actually taking care of himself. Yeah. So, he's he, Travis is literally just a contradiction. Mm-hmm. Also, Chris Christofferson. Is that who it was? That's, yeah. who, that's who she said yeah, that he was, was like, like a prophet and a pusher. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, immediately he goes out and gets the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's like, oh, like, let's, let's go listen to this. Yeah, yeah. I also have a problem with, like, Iris eating in the movie, too. Uh, the toast? The toast with jelly and just pouring sugar on <laughs> So much sugar What the it. fuck? <laughs> You're 12. You don't need that much sugar. <laughs> you got enough um, from... Yeah. And then, again, in, in De Niro, in, you know, similar fashion as how heated you are, like, really, <laughs> re- mad. really tries to be, like, a father figure to her, even though she doesn't yeah. want it. No, I know. In any I'm, way. Yeah, he, he really tries just to, like, like you said, a father figure, but even so, like, taking the time out of what he's been doing and he sees like this girl and more or less he sees like one person in the city that isn't like garbage almost and wants to help her but yeah i guess yeah i think i don't know why i don't know why i think it's literally just a simple fact that he wants to be remembered and he feels like oh i can help this girl she's she's so young and she's troubled and and i could be her superman basically Mm -hmm. you know did you notice too like the very first time that they meet and like she tries to get into the cab and the pimp throws the crinkled $20 in there yeah. and he keeps it throughout the entire yeah. movie. Even so, like when he's at the diner and the one buddy asks for like money mm-hmm. and he gives him pretty much all of it except, except for, for the 20. The he literally, 20. he literally takes that, the one 20 out and then yeah. he gives him the rest. And then that 20 is what he uses after 
he's paid to like be with Iris, mm-hmm. but he doesn't do anything. He just wants to talk to her to try and get her out. Yeah. How dude, Jodie Foster for a 12 year old girl in this movie because she literally was 12 years yeah. old. Yeah, she played a really well. Amazing. Very well. I, thought, I thought it was great. And like she had to have like a supervisor, like a like some type of like person like watching while she was acting because uh, they had to make sure that like what she was doing wasn't too like overly oh, sexual yeah. and stuff because yeah, of her age. Revealing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, but she's great in this movie. And the like when they're when they're sitting in the in the room together and she's just like dropping down to her knees trying to like un, like undo his yeah, pants. Yeah, he's like whoa whoa whoa. He's whoa. like what are you doing? Stop! And he's like getting so frustrated because he just wants to help her so bad and all she wants to do is sex basically and yeah. it's just so weird you know it's it's a really weird dynamic between them and uh he's trying to be a father figure and she's just trying to have sex with him and it's just you know what i mean there's like so many conf- conflicting like things happening it's yeah. really interesting yeah, it's a really cool movie and for a movie that we said like after hereditary the last one we were like hey let's do something less dense yeah <laughs> this ends up being pretty dense yeah i think because yeah, you texted me and you were like i want to do taxi driver i was like i thought you said you wanted to go do something less dense <laughs> <laughs> and you were like oh fuck yeah but do you have a favorite scene? Um, is there a favorite scene other than the... You talking to me? Yeah, you talking to me? Yeah, you must be sh- talking to me. If the, For sure, it's uh, it's the shootout, 100%. When, he, when he's got the mohawk. Basically, when he's got the mohawk. Like the mohawk. No, that, really that was actually a, like a reference from the Vietnam because those are like what the guys like in Vietnam did. Yeah. It's like a don't like fuck with me type deal. That's I mean, like what they did. I understand because it is kind of like, it, it, it's more or less like a symbol in the movie of like, look how like radical he's become. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. It just looked really weird on him. Well, oh, you're just saying like it just didn't look good on him. Yeah, I, I oh. just, the aesthetic wise, I didn't oh. like it. But okay. I, I understand the reason for the yeah. mohawk. It was and actually why. A, that was actually not even like real. That was all fake. It was a bald cap that he had on, and then they put that on top. Why would you? Why would you tell me this? I'm sorry. I wanted to believe that he walked around for like a month with a mohawk. <laughs> no, he couldn't do that. He couldn't shave his head. <laughs> oh yeah, for the other movie, the other films, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it looked really good. It, I think it looks good. It, right? it looks like tell. it was an actual yeah, mohawk. It didn't look bullshitty at all. Yeah, but um, it's, it's there's a lot of there's a lot of little things about this movie, man. Oh, so yeah, for sure, my favorite scene I think is definitely the shootout. Yeah, when he shoots that one dude and he fucking blows his fingers off. Yeah, <laughs> and then he stabs him in the other hand with a yeah. knife. And then when he gets so the, it's crazy, right? Because He's in like full Terminator mode mm-hmm. in this movie. When when he when he uh finally makes the decision to go kill everybody in the in the whorehouse, yeah, he's basically just like in because when he gets shot in the neck by Harvey Cattell, when Harvey Cattell gets back up and after he shoots him and he shoots him in the neck, he doesn't even like fucking blink. No, that's why I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because yeah. like he he just immediately turns around and is like, fuck you, I'm yeah. gonna kill you. He doesn't even it doesn't even like blink at all. He's just like I'm I'm in full Terminator mode. I'm gonna kill the I'm adrenaline kill everybody. Of this man. Here. Yeah, exactly. And then. I thought it was a gr- so again kind of like reference to the Joker, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, like the finger, like to the gun, and like yeah. how many times did they do that in Joker, right? That was like his like uh, that was his, go- his joke with that girl, that woman, his like love interest mm-hmm. thing. He, like that was the, like what they did with one another. I'm like, come on, like yeah. this is for <laughs> sure fucking taxi driver. Yeah, and then even so, like in the fight scene, like the only time where he really starts to like stumble is when he gets shot in the arm, and that's more or less just like his nerves being shot, so he can't. He drops right. the gun and can't yeah. lift it anymore. Yeah. But he's got that sweet ass fucking pump one through the jacket. Yeah, the, tra- the yeah, it's on the track. That's really yeah. cool, right? So, wh- yeah, what about you? you? Do you have a favorite scene? Yeah, for me, I think. I mean, obviously that. There's obviously the. Are you talking to me? Because that's just so iconic. Yeah. For the movie, but for me, I think it's when he's buying the guns. 
Yeah, when, it, that's actually a really cool scene. You're right. When when he's buying the guns and like he's kind of taking a look at like all four of them, and he does not need that 44 Magnum. Well, he doesn't. He buys like six guns. Yeah, yeah, he buys six. Didn't need guns. any of them. <laughs> no, but I mean, nice of him to give him like the the holster and the duffel bag for it. Yeah. But I think it played like a really big part of like his character as well because as he's like looking at them and he like goes to the window yeah. and points it outside at like the people. Yeah. And then from there on out, like, he's kind of just, like, holding the gun and watching TV and, like, pointing it at the people. And at one point, he basically, like, pulls another Joker where he puts it to, like, underneath his chin yeah. while he's watching TV. And I think that's when he also, like, is pushing it back with his foot and then accidentally, like, breaks it. Oh, the TV? Yeah. That definitely wasn't an accident. Like, he was, like, the intention was to do that. It's, like, so slow that, it, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, he, he actually tries to kill himself. In, yeah, like like legitimately tries to kill himself. I think in the shootout, right? He like then yeah, because the yeah. police come, right? And yeah, then he, he basically tries... just he basically just like puts the pistol at his chin and he just tries to blow his brains out. And he's not out. once too, he does it twice. Yeah, he yeah. does it with like a couple of guns yeah. and like nothing happens. And I'm not sure now that I'm thinking about it. Does he does he try to shoot uh, Iris as well one time? No, no, he doesn't. I but, found like but for man, some... like what a fucked up scene for her, right? Like you're yeah. trying to help her and she has to see like all this all murder, this carnage, yeah. But Insane. what what makes it for me too for that scene is I forgot at what point, but he asked, "Do you think I'm sick?" Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a big quote to take away that like you know maybe maybe had like the the movie not had the whole like are you talking to me thing yeah maybe that would have been like a bit more of a focus on the movie like yeah. quote wise but I that really was improvised really yeah it was actually so ironically uh, not to cut you off but. You meant I'm, I'm gonna cut you off. <laughs> uh, he it was funny because De Niro actually went to a Bruce Springsteen concert like a couple days beforehand, mm-hmm. and then I guess like they were cheering for like an encore, and Bruce Springsteen turns around, he's like, "You guys talking to me? Yeah, you, you talking <laughs> to me? That's cool." And he fucking <laughs> and he pulled and then he says it in the line, and uh, so they were like they were like days, days, and days like behind, mm-hmm. and Scorsese and De Niro in the room, and Scorsese's filming De Niro doing the "You talking to me" thing, and they do it a bunch of times, <laughs> and uh, there's like they're like the assistant director is like pounding on the door like get out we have to keep going <laughs> and Scorsese is like five more minutes and they're just like yelling at each they're other they're just playing Scrabble in there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man this movie it's got so many stories yeah I mean that's really cool I mean I, I think that was kind of like my favorite scene out of the movie yeah that's, a, that's definitely a cool scene actually now that I'm really thinking about it that's 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 a really good scene to have Because and how, how funny was that guy he's like you want a car you want a Cadillac you <laughs> I want can into a Porsche really easy you want cocaine <laughs> meth heroin <laughs> crystal meth crack cocaine it was great that guy was, that guy was fantastic for yeah. his like one minute I, scene I forgot what the fuck his name was too. it know, was like it, something Andy he was great <laughs> yeah it was I don't care it, it's, it's past it's prime <laughs> uh, anything else Zach you have anything else you want to talk about taxi driver no i don't think so no i I, I just really enjoyed this movie like for for the first time like actually sitting down and watching it yeah i'm glad you did yeah and just seeing like how they pace the movie and all the like the little like snippets of like you get for his character and what he actually like stands for and what he's trying to be yeah i I can see why this became like a cult classic similar to like a holden caulfield do you know catcher in the rye yeah something like kind of like similar character in that sense where He wants to be like this great and but he's really just not, you well, know, that, well, that book also got John Lennon shot. Did it? 
don't quote me because I'm I I do this where like I say it on the podcast and then I re-listen to myself and I'm like, no, you fucking wrong, you idiot. But I know Catcher in the Rye, there was like a death that came out of it because somebody read it and was like, I gotta kill someone. That's what they're trying to tell me. So I I, I think uh, it was people, John Lennon, but it might be somebody else. Yeah, it might be somebody else. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. I don't know. All right. Cool, man. Well, hey, I'm glad you chose Taxi mm-hmm. Driver. And uh, you know, honestly, De Niro is. Like watching De Niro in his prime, yeah, it's it's because he almost doesn't look like De Niro. He doesn't act like De Niro it, it, usually. It, it is. almost makes me sad because like <laughs> you're not the real De Niro. No, 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 no. Because no. like this is De Niro, right? Mm. Like this is him. And like after the movie's done, and you kind of like sit back and you like look at you look at De Niro now, and you know obviously he got older. He's older, right? He's like probably in his seventies and um, maybe even his eighties. And it's just like man, like people get old and. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> it's like people get old and, and I'm, I don't know, man, it's just sad. Like, you know, I mean, again, we have, we have, uh, what's his name? Um, Joaquin Phoenix, who yeah. I think is in the same caliber as De Niro in his prime. You know, I think is very similar. And um, of course we still have, uh, Scorsese still around making movies. And I think Scorsese, Scorsese is probably like going to pick top him. 10. Please, please do a movie collaboration with Joaquin Phoenix oh, that'd be and cool, Scorsese. Right? That'd be cool. But I'm just saying like more like, like, Scorsese is probably one of the best directors ever, honestly, to be, in my opinion, like top 10 for me, at least in my opinion, like he just makes so many classics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen Silence? Of the Lambs? No. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, highly recommend that movie. Um, It's a movie with uh, Liam Neeson and- Oh, I know of it, And the guy that plays- I uh, think it's on Netflix, actually. It might be. Silence is great. Fucking Gangs of New York. Yeah. Yeah, Gangs of New York. Now that we're doing this new format, too, we could actually do Gangs of New York. Yeah, because it's not nearly going to be as long. Yeah. I mean, again, too, like, if you guys really like this new format, please let us know on, like, our Instagram or Facebook page yeah, if you better. liked this a little bit more or if you liked the old format a little bit better. We're open. We don't care. We're going to yeah, do I this mean, one we're, anyway. We're open to whatever you guys really want to do. I mean, more so, this is just kind of, like, again, a little bit more digestible where it's a little bit shorter so you can really like get into it yeah and it helps me out with the editing it helps us help, it helps everybody out with in, in all the ways plus again we this is meant for more of like a film recommendation like we really want you to sit down and actually watch the movie opposed to listening to us do it scene by scene because mm-hmm. it just kind of takes the fucking the gusto mm-hmm. out of it you know yeah um but yeah zach thanks for choosing taxi driver i love this movie thank you for talking about taxi driver you're welcome i love you <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well zach hey take us out All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, are you talking to me?